You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back, folks, here on Big Blue Views Audio Lineup. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Chris Fum, and today we're coming at you on Monday recording, and you're going to be listening to us on Tuesday. We're here after the Giants' most recent embarrassing loss, this one being a blowout to the Chicago Bears of all teams, a team that at one point had a higher draft selection than the Giants did, and the Giants own that current pick, currently sitting at 5 and eight for those draft selections. But today we're going to talk a little bit about the game. We're going to talk a little bit about the strange rants that we got from Joe Judge and then also some of the rampant criticism from former players that were um, a part of the Giants organization while Dave Gettleman has been running things. So, Chris, I, I want to get into the game first and just hitting on some of the obvious stuff. It it's nice to see that Saquon had a good game. And he had 100 yards, which has not happened in a very, very long time. Um, but it almost doesn't even matter because they could not put any points on the board. There were a ton of turnovers, a ton of mistakes. There was a safety. A lot, a lot of problems that have plagued the Giants this season became just as relevant in a game where you would have at least expected them to be competitive. Yeah, but th this game really was not competitive at all from pretty much the very first snap of the game. I mean, it took it took the Bears all of one play to score more points than the Giants were able to in the next 59 minutes. Uh, it's really getting hard to talk about this team because it, it just kind of run out of adjectives and ways to describe the ways in which they are bad and the ways in which they just keep tripping themselves up, sabotaging themselves. And even when the giants do something well, it doesn't matter just because of just all the things they do terribly. Yeah. And the thing that irks me the most from this game is they're playing against a, equal roster i would i would argue there are really is not much of a difference in the quality of these teams they have similar weaknesses and on top of that their starting quarterback isn't even in the game for either team their young starting quarterback um and andy dalton's obviously better than mike glennon glennon was previously a chicago bear but the fact that andy dalton was able to have the level of success that he had in this game, which wasn't great. He made mistakes as well, but to produce the amount of points that they did, which was really propelled by the defensive performance that we saw in this, it's disturbing to juxtapose both of these teams next to one another and see how much of a blowout it was. And it kind of goes in line with what we were talking about after the Eagles loss, how they come out 
um, in a rebuild year, and they just clinched a playoff spot. And this is a team, this this Bears team, that is about to fire Matt Nagy, and they put that out on the field. They had more energy, they had more effort, and they had more intent to win a football game and a team that's not going to have their head coach back compared to a team that their head coach is supposed to be retained. So I just don't... Uh, it it just continues to bother me that that this is the the product that's getting put on the field. Yeah, the the two teams really looked like they were in the complete opposite positions from what they are. You know, the Giants look like a team that is ready to fire their head coach, and you know their head coach almost sounded like he was publicly fighting for his job. You know, meanwhile the Bears they were. They were not perfect. They were far from perfect. Uh, you know, talk about Saquon Barkley, him ha- topping 100 yards for the first time since 2019. Yeah, the the Bears' run defense was not good. They had multiple multiple attempts where they could have really blown up the Giants' running plays in the backfield or right at the line of scrimmage, and they just whiffed on those tackles. But all in all, they played hard. They played fast. And the Giants' defense did start out well. But over the course of the game, we just saw once again, you know, the the offense just dragged the defense down with it. And you know, by the end of the game, the Giants weren't playing with any energy. They were almost sleepwalking through the end of the game. And it's just it couldn't have ended quick enough. And you know, honestly, it felt like at times it was like watching a like an Akron team out there trying to to run an offense, like a bad Mac team that just was throwing like weird passes in the tight coverage, um, guys getting blown past for easy sacks or strips, uh, and, and these just crazy defensive plays that seemed way too easy. It it really really felt. Like you were observing, um, and for context, I didn't watch this game live, luckily, because I was driving. But I almost wish I didn't watch the replay because the replay and the <laughs> highlights were terrible and just as painful to watch. But it really felt like you were watching Akron go against um, like Kentucky, like a team that had a lot more juice and was handedly dominating an opposing offense. It looked like a team that. I had no idea what they were doing, and they could not figure out how to move the ball, but they were just doing silly, stupid crap. And It's not even like they were struggling. It just looked like they weren't even trying at certain points. Yeah, and you know, we, t- we hear every week from Joe Judge how the Giants are you know, putting in the work during the week. They're moving in the right direction. They're seeing all these positive signs. And yet, somehow, it never seems to translate to the field. We keep seeing this team making the same dumb mistakes. We see them co- look, coming out looking utterly unprepared to play a game of football. And this team, even with all the injuries they've got, they do have talented players on their roster. It's just that they, they never play up to their ability. And it it's past getting old. Yes, yeah, certainly. And you talked about the... Leading into talking about the Joe Judge's strange rant after the game, uh, you talked about how it felt as though Joe Judge was aggressively trying to defend himself. And if you haven't listened to the rant, I encourage you to go track it down on Twitter. It's not hard to find. I'm sure that we have something published 
in regards to it on uh, Big Blue View's website. But the general gist of it was him trying to justify these lackluster, effortless performances. And he threw in a tidbit on how guys that are upcoming free agents are begging to come back. Guys that were free agents and left to win, went to other teams are telling him that they wish they never left. And I was kind of thinking that like someone like Dalvin Tomlinson was probably maybe who he was referring to, if that's even true. Um, but the, the whole thing was just so strange. And it, it, it's not something that you want to sit there and listen to in week 17 in the second last week of the season. And that, to me, shows a guy that has to be defensive. Instead of putting out positive results on the field and showing those results and being able to talk about those results, he is instead having to use his words to defend himself. And that's already terrible. That is not a position that you want your team in that is trying to turn things around. Yeah, and he's out there talking about how you know guys are still working hard. They're still fighting. Nobody is fighting amongst themselves in the locker room. And it, it's like he's going out of his way to point out that he hasn't lost the team yet. He hasn't lost the locker room yet. They haven't fractured yet. And I think part of that is intentional because uh, you know, thinking back to the last time the Giants were this bad, uh, I don't think Ben McAdoo got fired because the Giants only won three games. I think he got fired because the locker room visibly, publicly broke. He he obviously lost the players. And once that happens, there's really nothing a coach can do. He he has to go because you can't keep the coach and get rid of the entire team. That's just not a thing that happens. So I, I now we've said this before. We've said this previously. Joe Judge's number one job right now is to keep the team together, to not lose the locker room. And I think a lot of these post-game press conferences are geared towards showing that he hasn't lost the team yet. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. The thing for me, though, Chris, is like, okay, that's great if there's no reports of guys in the locker room fighting or not getting along or just chemistry issues or players speaking out negatively on Joe Judge. Like We haven't gotten any of that, which is surprising. But as great of a, a connection that a coach has with the players, you, you could be the most, you know, the biggest players coach in the world and the, every single player on your roster could absolutely love you. 
But if you're not producing positive results, that means completely nothing. There are coaches that are the complete opposite where the players can't stand their head coach, but because they're, that head coach is such a good uh, manager of personalities and players, they produce really positive results and they're a really, really good football team. It's not often, but that's the opposite end of the spectrum. I don't want to see that. I don't want to have a coach that can control there or that's got a good connection with his players, but isn't producing anything. And I almost wonder if like, how much does that actually translate into year three for him? How much does that actually going to produce in year three that a bunch of players that are not playing up to the level of expectation that they were supposed to. And some of the assistant coaches that are not producing the results of the players up to the level that we expected you know, like how much is that really going to translate into year three if some of these problems are not going to be fixed? I would argue that it's probably not going to produce many results in his third year, which could very well end up being his final year. Yeah, I think we are to the point where players have to be looking at this and going, you know, when does the winning start? Yeah, having a coach who isn't throwing anybody under the bus, well, maybe his predecessors, which is <laughs> something else that's, I, I've never seen that before. Separate and, issue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if we, you know, but at one point did the players start looking around and going, it's like, when do we start winning freaking games? When do we, you know, we're running laps. We're you know, putting in all this great work during practice, but when does it pay off? When do we get a winning record? When do we win two, three, four, five games in a row? I mean, we, we saw the Dolphins this year go out to a one and seven start and just barely missed the playoffs. Yeah, the, I have to wonder when the players who are who have been here, like I I don't expect Sterling Shepard to be back next year. I don't expect Evan Ingram to be back next year. Yeah, there are going to be guys who are giants right now who are going to be who have either played their last games or will be playing their last game as a giant next week. But there's still going to be a lot more guys who will be Giants next year and who were Giants last year. And you know, they have to be looking around and going, well, you know, when do we stop being a cupcake game for the rest of the league? Yeah, it, 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 it's getting to that point where it is really becoming a consistent thing where this, this team is, is, like you said, it's, it's a cupcake team on, the, on a lot of team schedules. And, uh, you know, you're talking about like the running laps and stuff like that. I, I saw somebody tweeted that it almost feels like Joe Judge is trying as hard as he can to be Bill Belichick. He's trying to be this hardo, this this tough guy on his players, but they, you know, they still respect him to a point where he's not going to lose the locker room. But to me, it just at, the, I'm, I, at first I was kind of bought in and last season I was definitely bought in. But now I'm at this point where it's not producing positive results. Nothing good is coming from it. So he just seems like a hardo that has no clue how to produce a, a good team. And the other thing I, I have to throw in there as well, we, we saw uh, that stupid special teams mistake on that kick return where they thought the ball was going to roll in the end zone. And that was a, a, the laughing stock of NFL fans on Twitter and social media because Joe Judge is a freaking special teams coach. You would think that that one facet of the game you wouldn't be making mistakes like that in week 17, but yet here we are, a guy who has... I, I, I literally can't pinpoint what is he changing and what is he affecting at this point. 
Yeah, I, I've got no clue. And <laughs> that one, that was honestly impressive to me that they managed to screw up that badly and then go worse for and go the offense go backwards into the end zone for a safety. I, I have to say, I've never seen a kickoff just stop like that. It, that almost looked like a Phil Mickelson flop shot to use a golf analogy. But if you're an experienced special teams player like Pharaoh Cooper is, and you have a head coach who was a special teams coordinator. You know, he coached New England Patriots special teams for like eight years. And you've got Thomas McGay, who is a good special teams, or at least has the reputation of being a good special teams coach. And Tom Quinn is still on, you know, the Giants' former special teams coordinator is still on the staff. You've got three special teams coordinators, and you're still making those mistakes. You know, Keon Crossan is, I think he's ha- he had his fifth yeah, major special teams penalty that set the Giants back and made sure they didn't even get a chance at scoring more points on a drive. And it, these types of things just keep adding up. And if this is your specialty, you know, what really, what, what is Joe judge doing right now? The last piece to the drama that comes after week 17 Chris so the the Giants get stomped and then on social media there's a slight little stir that that occurs between some of the former players um on Twitter Scott Simonson and Shane Smith both publicly tweeted um negative takes on general manager Dave Gettleman who is out the door they're going to replace him we don't know who that replacement is going to be just yet but they both spoke out negatively. Then Eli Penny, the current Giants fullback, comes in and disagrees with with uh, with Shane Smith and tries to you know make him look stupid for making mistakes against the Cowboys or something along those lines. But I understand that Eli Penny is trying to support the the guy who brought him in. But I think it's a bit concerning that we're now at this point where former players are coming to speak on the guy who built these rosters. And I think some of the points that they made after all this time, to not produce anything strong or positive in a, a, pro, a progressive direction, I'm leaning towards Simonson and, and Smith that it makes a lot of sense that there should be problems and that you should be upset and that what Gettleman has done is... Obvi- we obviously know that it's not good, but it's it's a bit problematic that we're starting to get this stuff popping up. It almost makes me wonder how much worse can this get? Yeah, the, and this is they're kind of the latest in a long line of players who were who played on teams where Gettleman was the general manager and afterwards they they have spoken up and just the way he deals with his players it seems as though and this is based on what those players have said yeah he doesn't seem to value them all that highly as people. And, you know, I think, you know, players know that at some point they are going to get cut. Basically, everybody's going to get cut at some point. You know, very, very, very few football players ever get to end their careers the way they want to. Yeah, basically, it's Michael Strahan and Ray Lewis and then everybody else. Almost nobody gets to go out on top on their own terms, yeah, for pretty much everyone else, there's going to be a business decision aspect to it. And players understand that. 
But still, the way you conduct yourself, the way you do business, especially with people who are at least perceived to be in a subordinate position, like players to the general manager, yeah, how you deal with them matters. And I think that really does uh, shine a light into who you are as a person, not with how you deal with people who are above you, but how you deal with people who are at least nominally below you. Yeah people who are in those subordinate positions? Do you treat them with respect? Do you treat them like actual people? Or are they just replaceable parts that you know you can tell them they got cut or traded with a text message and then just move on? You know, are you hiding injury information from them? Things that, you know, it's their body. They do, they have a right to know. Mm-hmm. And you know, that sort of thing, it just, I don't know, it, it's something we have heard whispers about going back to when uh, going back to when the Carolina Panthers fired Dave Gettleman and like how he treated Josh Norman and John Beeson and Steve Smith and D'Angelo Williams and the other guys as well. And then we saw how he came in here, came to New York and how he treated Jason Pierre Paul and you know talked about how he di- didn't sign Odell Beckham just to cut him. And there were, and how he treated Landon Collins. And now with Simonson and Shane Smith, you know, there's a definite pattern there. And it's, to me, it's not a good one. No, no. And uh, again, I'm almost concerned to see what maybe pops up after this final game, depending on the results that are produced um, on the field. And I'm not saying like something controversial is going to come out, but I wouldn't be shocked if more players don't just decide to prop up and say, they need to do this, this, and this, uh, because we're getting to that point. We're getting a lot of outspoken former players, especially Carl Banks, um, who does his own podcast. He speaks out a ton on the problems that the the current Giants organization has been having, and the, the lack of ability to potentially fix some of those problems is definitely concerning. We'll have to see what ends up happening. We got one more game, and we're going to be previewing it, and then we're going to shift our focus uh, following that game. So, folks, thanks for tuning in. Uh, We'll be back with that preview episode and we will talk to you soon. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on? Oh, mom. (laughs) No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.